0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People.
1: So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me. Dave Pendleton. Dave, welcome back. Thank you very much. I say welcome back because you've uh, been on your jollies.
0: Well, kind of jollies, I guess. Yeah,
1: (laughs) He's saying that through jet-lagged teeth. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Dave's been out to Costa Rica last week. um, Literally a flying visit, but you went out for four days, three days of delivery. five days, yeah. Yeah, five-day turnaround, but Mm. three days of delivery with our... Good friends out in Costa Rica, Global PLC, doing some leadership work. And uh, how did you find it, Dave?
0: Um, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Culturally quite different to what we're used to in this country. Um, Much more relaxed in lots of different ways. Yeah, Getting about the place is probably more chaotic than it is here, but people are just a lot more relaxed about it. You know, people stand in queues, but they're much more relaxed about it. It just seems to be a lot less aggravation i guess yeah in the world but then when you live a an outdoor lifestyle where it's 25 26 degrees pretty much constantly all all year you know and the only thing you've got to contend with is a bit of warm rain every now and then exactly why not eh
1: yeah the life of of living in south america eh so Mm. um welcome back dave and for your first time back in the hubcast room uh, I wanted to record a, a particular hubcast that I think will stand alone on the hub and help people um, deploy the sales competency framework or it will form part of a playbook uh, in terms of how you get started from an implement, implementation perspective. Sure. So it's going to this hubcast is going to be on the sales competency framework that mm-hmm. is available on the hub and that we provide here at Trans2 Performance just for, as a, as a, as an introduction a sales competency framework is exactly that it is an the, it is a toolkit uh, and a framework to be able to hire measure and develop your sales people based on 16 universal competencies of great sales people and uh, it's across four categories and it allows you to be consistent um and clear with what you expect from your salespeople from an inputs perspective, and that's what a competency framework is, isn't it, Dave? Mm-hmm. So, um, what I want to focus on here, Dave, is asking you a few questions. You know, as the co-creator of the, <laughs> sales, the sales competency framework, um, I want to ask you a few questions around mm-hmm. uh, what's the best way to get started. Yet, we know what one is. Um, we now understand the four categories or the sixteen universal competencies. Um, but how do we get started? How do we roll this out? How do we get buy-in and traction in the organization? How do we measure and review it on an ongoing basis to ensure that it's actually delivering for us, delivering results? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. does, sure. And it's uh, the questions that we get asked, well, I guess, before we get to implementation, when a business says, listen, we really like it, we love it, we get it, but How? How?
1: Because yeah, we've done a million of these things before and they soon fizzle out. Mm. And if you don't get the buy-in and the manager's are not using them correctly, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, and it's a valid question. hundred percent, yeah. So, um, okay. So assuming that we've got, we understand the sales competency framework or any competency framework, we know uh, the different categories and we know the different, the, you know, the various competencies within it. Um, What's the best way to get started? How do you kick off mm. the whole program of deploying a competency framework in your organization?
0: Well, I think absolutely the very first thing we've got to do is, is to communicate what exactly we're going to do and why exactly we're going to do it. And, I mean, you know, searching back 18 months, almost two years, when we when we first originally came up with the competency framework. You know, as I say, we came up with the original <laughs> competency framework. Um, y- the whole point behind it was that From both of our perspectives and experience, salespeople are generally measured on one thing and that's their number. Yeah. And and if if they're not quite meeting the number, they're not successful. And quite frequently, sales being a brutal world, people have to move on. Yeah. Because either they feel the pressure and and they move on themselves or they get fired. Um, so so we didn't think that that was entirely fair. So we wanted businesses to be able to measure what people are putting into the job on a daily basis rather than just what the outcomes are.
1: So focus on input, not output.
0: Correct. Yeah. yeah. And the outputs are the numbers, which businesses already measure. But how do they get to to the end result on a daily basis? What exactly are they doing in terms of individual activities and who who are they as individuals? And what strengths do they have and and what areas do they have to build on? So in in terms of in terms of the message Before deployment and implementation, it's absolutely crucial that a business communicates the positive aspects of why we're doing this. It's not about the outcomes. We already measure the number. You know how we measure the number. You are used to it. What we're now going to do is we're going to measure how you perform and what you do on a daily basis, and we're going to help measure where you are really good, and we can celebrate that, and we're going to also measure in feedback where there needs to be a little bit of improvement. So this is a whole development process, how we are going to make you much more effective salespeople. So the number almost becomes a a, a byproduct of putting the right balance of the right activities in every day.
1: Yeah. And that makes perfect sense to me. And therefore, if I'm a salesperson listening to this, if my organization are communicating to me about, we're going to deploy this sales competency framework and all salespeople will be measured on the 16 competencies. Mm. We'll do an initial assessment. You'll then have your strengths and your areas to build on. Yeah. And that allows your manager to work with you on the on the areas you need it the most. Absolutely. But if I'm on the end of this and listen to this as a salesperson, I'm thinking, what's in it for me? Well, straight away, mm. what's in it for you is the fact that assuming that you're in a sales role and you can earn commissions and mm. you know your promotions or your whatever, your salary reviews are all based emissions. on that output. Yeah, yeah. Then, if we can help you with the inputs, be even better, then there's a lot in it for you, right? There is both monetary and from a career perspective. So, when it's communicated to your first point, you know, the best way to get started was the first question. It's, It's before you just rush in and do anything and start the assessments and make people feel like it's big brother, just. You know, micromanaging yeah, me again, 16 ways yeah. of measuring you And this, this is just a, this yeah. is a way that they can get rid of me if I'm not up to the competency. Before you make them assumptions, the power in the communication from the leaders in the organization of why we're doing this and why it's a value to you, yep. not just the organization, is really important. Mm-hmm. It also helps the organization be fair and consistent in the way that they coach, develop, and, and measure their
0: salespeople. Right. Absolutely does, you know, and there are some fan, fantastic byproducts of a competency framework, as you know, um, you, you know, because we see it and, and indeed we're asked to carry sales training out on, you know, on a regular basis, uh, and, and I guess the strategy around sales training is, oh, there's a bunch of guys not making the right numbers, so we're going to send them all on on a training course. Now, as we know, not everything in the training course will apply to all the people because some of them will already be good at some of those elements and some of them won't, and vice yep. versa, the other way around with other topics. So so after a business has been measuring their salespeople against a competency framework, the same competencies for the same roles, it gives them a much better idea about people's strengths and areas to build on so we can train people in a much more strategic and individual um, way as opposed to just blanket training people.
1: I love that. So, so let's say, just to just to just to, to summarise that analogy, You've got 10 salespeople. You you carry out the assessment on the sales competency framework across the core four categories of skills, traits, knowledge, and process. You score all 10 people on the same 16 competencies. Yep. And what comes out of it at the end is five of them are really strong on skills and traits, mm-hmm. but are scoring weaker on process and knowledge. Process and knowledge, yeah. Five might score highly on process and knowledge. Mm but weaker on skills and traits. Yeah. So already you've split the sales group into two groups. Absolutely. So if you was going to send them on training, you'd almost need a training curriculum around increasing you know, sales and mm. developing traits for these, these group of people. But on the other group of people, you need actually to upskill them in terms of their knowledge. You need to increase their knowledge, mm. but you also need to get them to adhere to or understand the processes they need to transact better. So you start delivering to your point targeted training based on the individual's mm. needs and yeah. gap analysis rather than blanket training. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And of course it can become a lot more cost effective too. Rather than sending 10 people on a full day's sales training course when they don't necessarily need it, some of those can go on a training course and some could stay in house uh, and yeah. do some coaching and mentoring. Uh,
1: yeah, and they can go on a completely different course absolutely. a few weeks later, yeah. yeah. Okay, that answers the first question. So the, so just to summarize, what's the best way to get started in your opinion? The key is communication. Before yeah. you rush into deploying any framework, any assessment tool in an organization, it has to be very well prepared. It has to be communicated in a clear way. What's in it for the organization? What's in it for you, the individual? What is the aim of this, yeah. and why is it going to benefit you? Why is it? Why do I need your buy-in for this? Yeah. Um, Measuring inputs, not outputs. Yeah, actually, be more fair yeah. to you. Yeah, you know, and, and giving someone an
0: explanation, a clear explanation as to why their outputs probably are where they are. Cool.
1: So, second question. Who should be the custodians and assessors of a competency framework? I mean, it differs from organisation to (laughs) organisation. Yeah. But who should really be championing it, owning it, and carrying it out?
0: Well, the short answer to that is those deemed already competent in the 16 areas. So I guess we would we would assume that would be a sales manager or sales leader of some sort.
1: Well, that's an interesting answer, Dave, because your stock answer could have been, well, any sales leader, manager, or who people who are responsible for the team below them. But that's not you, the case. No, you it. feel quite strongly about this. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have more yeah. success deploying and working with people on the competency framework if they already can carry out the sixteen competencies to a high degree. Correct. Not expert in everything, No. but to a reasonable degree. Yes. Yeah.
0: And that, that uh, for me, that's not centred around hierarchy. Just because somebody is the most senior sales manager doesn't necessarily mean that they're still really, really competent in all 16 areas. Mm. You know, because the less they sell, the more of those skills they may have lost or faded slightly.
1: Quite often, your frontline sales team leaders, supervisors, people who are, who are doing the management role, but also still carrying the bag and getting involved, yeah. usually yes. are, are great people. So... It should be owned by the higher echelons of leadership, but actually delivered and deployed and worked on by the frontline yeah. leaders who are yeah. strong in the job and sure. good
0: yeah. at management. Yeah, absolutely. I think the difference there is is, is um, accountability and responsibility. Yeah, The senior, senior guys are accountable for the whole thing, whereas the ones below there are still connected directly to the sales force, are probably the ones who are responsible for carrying out and responsible for the outputs.
1: Love that. Okay, so let's assume then, Dave, that um, an organization has taken the, customers, uh, the sales competency framework and they've communicated it effectively as to why we're going to deploy this and mm-hmm. why it's going to help us shift the focus to inputs, not outputs, mm-hmm what's in it for each individual why it will benefit them and help and, and help them deliver yep. a better sales figure and earn more money And they get it uh, they get it. Mm-hmm. everybody's enthusiastic. you then offer some uh, we do accreditation training for the frontline leaders. Yep. So we bring the frontline leaders into to credit them on how they should deploy it. Um, and now it's time to do your first round of assessments. So you get your first spider diagram and you can see all of your individuals in your team and how they currently stack up against the 16 competencies. Mm -hmm. It means you've got individual strengths and gap analysis and we've got a starting point. Okay, so going forward, my next question is this. How often should you repeat the assessment exercise Mm -hmm. over the course of the year or year on year, Mm. um, which gives the individual a fair and adequate amount of time to improve or work on, um, and then creates a, a pattern of improvement mm-hmm. or stagnant or performance lack of, or lack of yeah, or, or yeah. a decline Correct. in a certain competency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How often would you ask frontline leaders to repeat the assessment exercises so we start building a yeah. picture of progression?
0: I, I have the same answer every single time I'm asked this question. And three months is the absolute ideal for me. I think it's perfect. Because, Quarterly. Yeah, yeah. Every quarter, Absolutely. Um you know, I guess the the it could go along with, with reviewing sales figures. Some salespeople review every quarter, yeah. some every month, um, but four times a year is a minimum. Um, because then that gives us the ability to review. It gives us the ability to plan the time f- for a start, plan the time when we're going to meet to discuss the the competency framework results. It also gives us the opportunity to review the competency framework in a live environment and discuss what the way forward is. And then, between then and the next meeting, three months after, we should never really set any more than three things to achieve, because you know, as we know through through a little bit of neuroscience that the human brain works really effectively on three things. yeah, um, and three months and three things is a really great number, and it gives somebody the opportunity to work on those three things. It's long enough for somebody to gain some traction in those areas. But it's not too long so that actually they gain some traction, then we don't review it and reflect on it. So actually they revert back to type and go back the other way. I like it. So in six months, they've actually made some progress and then lost the progress. Yeah. And we've kind of back in the same place.
1: So monthly is too 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 quick. frequently. It's too frequently. Too frequent. have, the person hasn't got enough time to yeah. improve upon the, tr- the, the competency you're asking them to do. Yeah. Uh, Six-monthly or yearly is too long. Too long. Uh, and, and yeah. in fact, we'll just – the momentum in terms of committing to the accountability yeah. of, oh, I've got six months before we review this again, Points. goes away. Yeah. Quarterly says to the individual, I'm going to give you a fair enough time to improve and focus and deploy and work on this competency. Um, but mark my words, we're going to be doing this again in three months, and I want to see an improvement. So the accountability oh. is still there and the commitment from the mm, recipient side. Yeah. So, four times a year, and then that should then give you four indiv- individual assessments that mm-hmm. make up one bigger picture. Mm. And as People will know if you look at the competency framework in the hub um, with, with T2 is that, you know, you have spider diagrams. So each quarter you pump in the data of how well the person is scoring and it starts putting um, a colored line over a colored yeah. line over a colored line. So you can see the progression mm-hmm. throughout the year. Now, by the end of the year, then, Dave, that almost makes up your appraisal absolutely, because you've got that yeah. ongoing living Process sure. of, of a, and you're not sat at the end of the year trying to assess a salesperson based on the last two months. Yeah. So you've got an ongoing living process.
0: Hey, and listen, as, as, as we know, and I mean, you probably know more than I do about this. Just because somebody's uh, achieving a sales number doesn't necessarily mean that they are um, particularly a very good salesperson. They might just have fallen lucky on a couple of really big uh, walk ins, maybe a couple of really easy opportunities, some longing fruit that really came to fruition. Yeah. They may have been past something. That they just took over um, and saw the rewards of. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're working in a really smart, really proactive, really diligent um, sales process methodology.
1: Right. You've almost answered my next question, but I want, <laughs> I want to finish with this question. And this is important, right? Traditionally, salespeople live or die by the sales number. Correct. And you know what? I say traditionally. In fact, it will always be the case the sales metric is the ultimate metric. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but for reasons you've just mentioned, it doesn't. Uh, uh, the top salesperson at the end of a year by metric doesn't necessarily mean no. they've been the best it sales. It doesn't give person. us the full picture. By yeah, long, absolutely, way. and. We've all been there, where you've you've been in an organisation where there's an individual sat on a particular ca- an account r- milking the yeah. run rate, yeah. not forming good habits, not putting the inputs in, but the do the, the, the account or the you know the deal or whatever it mm. might be has got them through. Yeah. Now, or they've got all
0: their eggs in one basket, or, or whatever it
1: might be. Do you know what sales will always be the ultimate number? So what I want to say to sales managers out there is, there's two things going on here with the competency framework, and I'm sure you'll agree, Dave. You know, we still have to look at the metric and correlate to sales performance. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you could have someone scoring highly on all 16 of the competencies, but if the sales number's not there, that's still a problem. We would like to think that if you're executing upon all the 16, then the sales number will absolutely come. In the right balance. Of of course course. it will. But that you've still got to correlate it with sales figures. And you will end up with a few discrepancies, right? It's, it's it's the way of the world. You'll end up with somebody who's scoring lower than others on areas of the competency framework, but their figures are strong mm-hmm. because there's a number of reasons why that could be. Yeah. What we're asking organizations to consider, however, is how sustainable is that sales performance based on the current level of inputs? Mm-hmm. There's, they're only going to be, you know, a disaster in that account or their stakeholder leaving in that account or whatever it might be from then having a serious problem. So the competency framework works well, That even if someone is performing well in the role, but they're not delivering the inputs you require, as long as it's consistent and fair, then you can still challenge and coach on those inputs. Absolutely. Because, you know, so do you, do you agree with that, Dave? You've got to correlate with sales performance and sales performance is king but it's going to not. It's not going to be sustainable, and you are going to be at risk if you are not performing well on the sixteen competencies that go into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the. I think following the competency framework, and I mean, we always say, don't we, that, that if if all the sixteen um, competencies are in the right balance for that person in their role at their level, that the outputs will almost become organic. Yeah. The sales will almost take care of themselves. And I, I do believe that, but I think there is a little bit of extra work to do sometimes outside of that as well. But I guess what the Competency Framework aims to do is to create an environment where when people are putting in the right inputs, in the right volumes for their uh, position and level, hopefully the outcomes become organic. But what it creates is an environment where people are um, have much better continuity so rather than having this roller coaster ride of success and failure that lots of salespeople see, really great months and really poor months and really great months and really poor months, we talk about it here at T2 as well, don't we? Mm. You know, whereas the, the the window of success and failure becomes narrower. So actually you just get a better level of success rather than high levels of success and higher levels of failure. And I guess if you were to ask any sales leader, if you have 10 salespeople, would you rather see these roller coasters of success and failure, or would you rather see that narrower window of continuous success. I think yeah. you would probably suggest the latter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I guess the final point to make on this is we have created the competency frameworks based on the 16 universal competencies we see in that area. And that's based on experience, research, observation, etc. It doesn't really matter what product or service you sell, the same skills, traits, not levels of knowledge and, and processes, sales processes, are still needed, you know, they're still universally relevant. However, we understand that every organization is slightly unique and different. And you might read, say, our four or five traits that we've picked in the traits category, that we've identified in the traits category. Um, and you might have another trait that, in your organization, you want to add to the competency framework. And we're we're open to that, right? You know, you're going to have these 16 universal competencies of great sales, but if you've got one or two you want to add into the framework because they're relevant to you then we encourage that mm, absolutely. It, you know so yeah. don't don't become overly strict on the fact that it has to be mm. these 16 it might only be 14 for you or 17 or yeah. whatever it might be we've give you a starting point and we've give you what we observe but but feel free to add one or two in so it becomes more relevant to you and that's absolutely mm. fine isn't it
0: yeah absolutely this but but the essence of the competency framework is that it's straightforward and simple It's relatively quick to carry out. It can be a two-way process. And and actually for two of the companies who have taken the competency framework offers have said that they've had their own competency frameworks in the past, but they were far too complex and long-winded to carry out. So they still really love the idea of a competency framework and all the things that a framework delivers. But it's got to be straightforward and easy to understand. So
1: don't over-engineer it. Yeah,
0: don't overengineer it. And don't over overthink it because sales is a relatively straightforward job. Well,
1: it's, we've put two and a half years of work into this, right? We've done all the legwork for you. Exactly. We have canvassed. We have you know we have worked with organisations. We've we've got the descriptors of each of the competencies down to a a paragraph.
0: Yeah.
1: Right and if you want to tailor it so it speaks your language and means a little bit yeah. to you then please do so but don't over-engineer God. it because simplicity yeah, is key yeah. and it, and and that's what people will buy into it if it's an easy you know when we do when we offer in the in the toolkit you'll see the checkbox exercises mm-hmm. so you can score each competency on four levels of mm-hmm. awareness you know from working uh, practitioner expert uh, awareness yeah. right and all you do is put an X in yep. a box mm. on the one of the four levels. So, Dave Pendleton, if I'm scoring you on your clock speed, mm-hmm. you know the the ability to think on your feet in sales meetings, do I think you are uh, awareness, working, practitioner or expert? Well, yep. you're pretty good in meetings, so I'm going to score you an expert. Tick. Yep. It's just an X in a box. That. I put 16 Xs in 16 boxes, and it auto mm. automatically correlates to a spider diagram, where, populace, which gives yeah. me your gap analysis and strengths and areas to build. Sure. That's as, as simple yeah. as it needs to mm. be. The more you over-engineer engineer the descriptors mm. and what do we mean by this and how do we, it starts to become complicated. Mm. You know, we have put the role alignment assessment tool in there first, so we do believe that you have to be fair and score each uh, of the competency for, uh, people based on their level and seniority. Yes, of course. So if you've got a sales director Experience. versus a person, yeah. you will set the bar on the 16 the expectations differently. Yeah. You would expect a sales yeah. director to be expert or practitioner on all of them. You might expect a tele people to be just working. Awareness or working yeah. in some areas, yeah. So you can set the bar by role, but it's against mm-hmm. the same competencies Correct. in the same process. Absolutely. Simplicity um, yeah, is key, yeah. and I think it's a good point mm-hmm. to finish on. If you're going to deploy this, um, you know, before you make changes, roll it out first. Get the feedback. If in three to six months' time your people are asking for a greater level of descriptor on each of the competencies, then we can create
0: that. But just get it going. Yeah. In fact, in fact, uh, one of the businesses that, that took up one of our competency frameworks did just that. If you remember, they, they took it away, rolled it through their internal L&D and rolled it through some, some custodians and so forth, rewrote loads and loads of paragraphs into the descriptors, and they wanted to change some of the headers. And then actually they came back to me and said, you know what? Cancel that. Just keep we've it. We've lost is it? the essence. Yeah. We are this organization in it. Yeah. And we shouldn't. We should let T2 do it. Yeah, We've lost the essence of it. So actually just forget all the changes that we just made. Exactly.
1: Simplicity is key. Dave, let me just recap what we've talked about. Um, implementing the sales competency framework in your organization. What is the best way to get started? Communication, Communication. is key
0: positive forward-thinking communication. It's about
1: development. From the leaders down, right? The leaders own and are accountable for the competency framework, but your frontline managers have to champion it. They have to roll it out. They have to live and breathe it every single day. What's the best way to communicate that? It's not just about what the organisation wants. It's about what's in it for you. Correct. How us, us helping fairly and accurately assess your inputs and improve upon them will lead to greater success for yeah. you, more money, more career yep. opportunities. it's all about you. Absolutely. Who should be the custodians and assessors? Well, we've just said it. Owned by an, a, a, and being accountable at the top, but frontline leaders who straddle that still... Carry the bag, still operationally involved, but are also the supervisor or the leader. Yep. They're the ones who should form the quarterly assessments and the mm. and and the the one-to-ones and the discussions with the individuals. And they are deemed competent in all sixteen areas. That's already. a key one. They have to be competent themselves. It lose gravity lose gravitas if six of the competencies that team leader can't display themselves. Correct. Absolutely. Um, how often should you repeat the assessment exercise quarterly? Yes, monthly is too much. Bimonthly is too too much. Six monthly to a year is 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 too it's great too a frequent. gap. Yeah. It's too infrequent. So let's go for quarterly. It, it presents an opportunity for the individual to improve and 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 you know work on it, and it also then um, holds them accountable that in another quarter I'm going to have to sit, go through another assessment, and I want to have improved. Sure, and um, and finally, you know it is based on the 16 universal competencies that we've identified, but feel free to add if you wish. Feel free to mm. take a few out if you wish. But here's the thing. Simplicity don't is key. Over-complicate. We've done the legwork, right? <laughs> yeah. The descriptors are brief yeah. for a reason. You know, hopefully they're straight to the point, but um, don't overcomplicate it, and then it's better to deploy it and then evolve as you go along yeah, and then try to over sure. it and then deploy it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and and that's about it. And I think hopefully now, Dave, our our listeners and our customers are starting to build a picture of how it's simple. This can be. It's not time consuming. It's sixteen no. X's in sixteen boxes, mm-hmm. four times a year, which then and drives which then drives conversation yeah, at a feedback meeting. Sure. That's all it is, yep. right? percent. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, Dave. Loved it. Thank you very much, mate. And You're um, welcome. I'm sure we'll do a bit more on this going forward, and we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. See you later. See ya. Thank you.